was standing in his presence on holy ground. Amen. We live in a in a in a place of two dimensions. Our feet are on earth, but as a born again believer, your spirit is connected to heaven, to Jesus, to God, to the Holy Spirit. Amen. And so you have the capacity and the authority of heaven within you. Somebody amen me. Amen, amen is like pressing enter on your keyboard. <laughs> and saying amen is like pressing send on your phone. You're going, yep, that's for me. I'm taking it in. Do you know that you are a supercomputer? And your tongue is the keyboard. So if you want to put anything in you... You will eat the fruit of your lips, the book of Proverbs says. So when you hear something good, go amen. When you hear, you know, somebody talking about how we're all going to be depressed, say, I reject that in Jesus' name. Right? Your mouth is really important. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And in fact, it goes further, the Word was God. Do you know from the beginning of the world, before the world began, there was something extremely powerful that we need to understand the science, the biological makeup of God. God is made of word. And the expression of that word is Jesus, his son. Now I know I'm talking mysteries, but begin to wrap your head around it. God is in heaven and he expresses his word and the word is still God. And so the world is held together by his mighty powerful word. Everybody say word. word. Say words matter. And the Bible talks about us being judged for every careless word. I don't know about you, that's a scary one. Because I say a lot of careless stuff. Right? I need to listen to my own preaching. Your mouth is incredibly important. Steers your life like a ship. Right? And, and so, the... Well, I'm not going to get ahead of myself. So God sends out His word... He speaks and the world is created. And he's still speaking today. Right? And so your mouth, your words, what you think is incredibly important. That's why you will be transformed, Romans by the renewing of your mind. When you think differently, out of the overflow of the heart, and heart and mind of the New Testament are very connected. Out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so heart, mind, mouth, they all go together to turn you into this incredible weapon, this incredible creation-making machine. That's why God made you just like him, stuck you on the earth and said, rule and take dominion. I don't mean by that be nasty and have a furrowed brow. I mean be kind, be good, take authority, rule over the atmosphere. Amen? That's why God put us here. Uh, and so words are incredibly powerful so all that to say say amen when the preacher's doing well amen 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 because it's going to press return on your keyboard and send something into your spirit amen Amen. right Uh, so um, seeing as I'm preaching today and I wasn't planning to I'm going to go a little bit deeper into one of the areas I was talking about last week I think it was me last week wasn't it I just made that up okay um, Ephesians. We're gonna we're gonna talk about we're gonna we're gonna start off talking about the heavenly realms and powers and dominions. But by, by the end of it, don't despair if you think oh, not so excited about that kind of stuff. That, that that's all right. Um, by the end of it, I'm essentially going to show you how to have joy. Amen. 
Now that bit you know, don't you? That, that bit you're for. There is a soft play area right through there. If any kids are unsettled and can't settle and are disturbing those around them, you can hear the message in the soft play. Is that okay? Just through that door there. Uh, and the same goes for any husbands who are misbehaving. You can chuck them in there as well. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen. And even bank holy said, Amen. So I, I kind of finished that little worship time there on that song. This is holy ground. We're standing on holy ground. And I know that there are angels all around. There are angels all around. A Christian family used to live on this land decades ago. And this area was populated by the monks of Mew, if you go about hundreds of years. Then you go back even further and you get the revival in Beverly that today Zach is in the oldest grammar school in the country, 1,300 years old because St. John of Beverly had a revival of miracles and he started what we now know as the minister and at the same time he started the school. He was a man of miracles that people would travel from all around the world to come and receive their miracle, to raise the dead. You go look around, they've got these little felt stories. If you want to do it, you know, the kind of animated child's version, just walk into Beverly Minster and see the little uh, 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 graphs, you know, like a Bayou tapestry of, of his miracles and stuff like that. So listen, you're, you are in an unusual place spiritually. The heavens are thin in this place. God's here, amen? And I think that's why God has put us here, uh, in order so some of us can take a deep breath and begin to download a little bit of glory into Hull and East Yorkshire, amen? Uh, uh, a year last Christmas, a friend of mine, one of, one, of, one of our trustees that we're connected to, he had a dream on Christmas Eve and he said, uh, and he knew nothing about what was happening, <clears throat> he said, I had a dream about you last Christmas Eve, a year, just over a year ago. And he said, I saw you six miles north of Hull. Do you know where we are right now? Six miles north of Hull City Centre. And you were stood there and there was a move of God that flowed from up in this area right down into Hull and began to wash Hull with something incredible. Listen, something spiritual is going on right now. And I just, I'm just going to speak it out so we can begin to wrap our heads around it. Is that all right? So let's, let's do, some, do some verses. Ephesians 1 verse 3. I'm going to talk about you for a minute and spiritual realms and stuff like that. And just stir you up. Ephesians 1 verse 3. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us, made us happy and prosperous in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Whisper this to yourself. There's a realm full of blessing for me. Had enough of lack. Had enough of instability. There is a realm. If you could just get to that realm. Wow. Or as my mum used to say, pow. She changed it. Ephesians 2 verse 6. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. In order that... In the coming ages, this is one of those ages, he might show the incomparable riches of his grace. God has seated you in the heavenly realms in order for you to reveal God's incomparable grace to the world. Wow. What do you think seated means? It's 
if you're seated with Jesus, it's a throne, right? Yeah. So, so step away from the metaphorical language because there isn't really a throne as in a physical seat item. There is an authority realm that you have access to spiritually. And God has picked you up. This is remarkable, isn't it? You need to pick me up? Here you go. God's picked you up and he has given you authority in the spiritual realm so that you can rule and reign. But you have to begin to cooperate with the spiritual realm and the heavenly realm that it's talking about. We have a job to do in the heavenlies. Yeah, well, no, I, I understand setting out seats and vacuuming floors and, and setting up PA systems. Yes, 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 yes. That's all the earthly stuff, but something is going on at another realm where there are angels all around and there's power and there's access and there's blessing and there's authority and you and I need to learn it and here's where I'm getting to this morning. You and I need to not let it be stolen from us. Amen? There's a realm there. Should we do, do a few more? Ephesians 3 verse 10. Oh, I do like the Bible. <clears throat> Ephesians 3 verse 10. God's intent was that now through the church, that's you and I, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. We have a job to speak to, everybody say rulers. rulers. Everybody say authorities. authorities. There are heavenly rulers and authorities in this region that it's our job to speak to. Now you might think, I'm just having a good enough time trying to keep my own mental health together and keep my family in one piece. Listen, church, if the devil can distract you by living an introverted life based nothing around but your victimhood and your need, he's got you exactly where he wants you to be. If he, want, he wants you to religiously turn up on a Sunday but take no authority over the spiritual realm. But his design is that revive will take authority in the spiritual realm. Have you heard of territorial spirits? Right, you go read through the Bible. There are spirits, there are demons over regions. Right? There are thrones and authorities and principalities and powers. Colossians 1 shows us that. There's stuff going on in the heavenlies. Do you know, sometimes you feel a little bit down and it's just because you've eaten too much pizza. But sometimes you feel very down and you've got to realise, this is demonic. There is, some, there is an abnormal amount of emotion connected to what's going on in my life right now. This is not normal. It's not just a bad mood or not enough coffee or maybe too much coffee. This is not just human. Something in the invisible realm is going on and I need to take authority over it. Do you ever get to that point? Come on, you just feel so down you can't even pray. It's a demon. I'm cheering some people up this morning. Some people thought, I didn't think I was going to come to that kind of church today. Well, welcome to the church that talks about the Bible, right? So... There are territorial spirits, there are demons, there's mischief makers, there's all sorts of stuff that goes on. That's why some cities have a propensity towards all sorts of things. Like, we've got all sorts of ages in the room, so I won't mention too, too many horrid things. But we know that stuff goes on and you go, something has happened in that region, that city, that village, that family. There is something hooked into the life of that family, that bloodline. There's alcoholism after alcoholism after alcoholism, suicide after suicide after suicide. In one family, divorce after divorce after divorce. It is a demonic stronghold set up, right? And we need to recognise these things and not just go, we'll cancel it out of people. Jesus didn't just do cancelling, right? He helped people, he taught them, but he cast out demons with a 
What did he do it with? With a word. Because from the very beginning, he was the word. So the word is using the word on demons and they have to flee. Stuff goes on, right? So there are all kinds of things going on in the heaven realms. And our job is to take authority to rule and reign. Do you know? Here's, here's what I think. Are you ready for it? I don't think God's end game is that the territorial spirit over Hull is something demonic or bad. I think the territorial spirit over Hull is supposed to be the Holy Spirit and the church. Amen. I'll say it again because I'm preaching better than you're right now. But only my mum is with me, I know I'm not doing well. I think the spirit over Hull is supposed to be the spirit of God. We're supposed to impregnate the atmosphere with goodness and kindness and his power and his compassion and his saving grace. Amen. Do you think we're there yet? Heck no. There's a job to do. So my question is, are we going to sit around looking at our wounds in life or are we going to do the job that we're here to do? Are we here maybe to stand on a tower somewhere and decree things? Because prayer changes things. I'm calling on the God. Come on. You answered prayer back then. You answered prayer right now. Right? According to the Bible, your mouth transforms the destinies of cities and nations. The prosperity of the city rests in the mouth of the righteous. The prosperity of your family rests in your mouth. Yes, yes. Yes. I'm doing good. Yes. Some of you wondering about it. So, what are we to do? Well, let me hear. What have I got here? Here's, here's where I really want to get to. That, that's, so, the reason, I shared this last week, the reason why I believe, and I, I was with a lot of apostles and prophets this week, and um, the reoccurring stories of the enemy not wanting the church to acquire land and to sit on seats of authority in the heavenly realms. There's a seat of authority in your home. You've got to sit on it. Don't let the devil sit on it. Don't let ancestral sins and, and, and you know, alcoholism, uh, debt, uh, divorce, don't, don't let all that guff sit on the seat of your family line. You get, no, 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 I'm anointed to sit here. That sit means you, you're so full of authority you don't even need to shout. Right? Usually the louder you are, the less authority you have. Jesus did it with a word, not a shout. When the demon, this demons that shout, he said, no, just be quiet. Right? You know you're a king when you can go, be set free. And you know those words. I mean, the centurion knew it so much, he said, you didn't even need to come near. Just say the word. So here's, here's, here's what I want to get to. Work, work with me for a minute. I'm, I'm, slow, I'm doing one of these where I slowly work myself up to my actual theme, okay? We'll be there about 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Don't worry. <laughs> Don't worry. The children of Israel, when they were traveling through the desert, God, God made them camp in a certain way. You, you, you have all the tribes around the outside. Then, then you have the Levite tribe. And right in the middle you have the tabernacle. Can you, can you picture that? Yeah. Tribes, Levites, they were the ones that looked after the tabernacle. They stewarded the tabernacle. And right in the core was the tabernacle that, were, that had the, the ark of God's presence, the representation of the throne of God, the glory of God shining between the cherubim was right there in the middle. 
Then, then when Solomon built the temple that David had told him to build, you ended up with 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 the land around Jerusalem, which the thing where. That's where Jesus was crucified. That's where many of the pools that you read about. Not all of them, but many of them. But, but, but then you have the city and the walls. And then at the, at the core of the city, you have the temple. Um, there's a pattern here. You're, you're supposed to have a radiant core to your being. Power and goodness radiates from the middle out. Right? Tabernacle, Levites, tribes. At the centre of every patriarchal family, we see it in the Old Testament, you, you would, you'd have the tents and the herds, but you'd have an altar. There was something connecting heaven to earth right in the very core of a patriarchal camp. Right in the very core of the children of Israel through the desert. Right in the very core of Jerusalem. There there was the temple where the glory of God was supposed to reside. Right in the middle of the early church, there was prayer. So you had prayer at the very core. You see, if you read the stories, they were praying, 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 praying. Connecting to God. Then around that, you had the pastoral structure of family. House to house. Then beyond that, you had the mission. You're supposed to have, at the core of your being, a radiant spirit the very core of who you are Uh, let loose what are we going to do here at our very core we need a radiant glory of God then around that we'll have some pastoral structure and care and projects and groups then around that we're going to wrap an adventure park I mean what could be more fun but at its very core is a radiant glory It was known through, through, through ancient times. A temple of any religion was considered to be a place where heaven and earth touch. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they did exactly, the children of Israel did exactly the same. Where heaven and earth come together right in the core. Right, now let's talk about you. You have a body. You have a soul, which is your mind and your emotions and your will and your wants. But at the core of your being, one Thessalonians tells us you have spirit, soul, body. At the very core, you have a spirit. Listen, your spirit is supposed to be a radiant, ruling spirit within you. Your spirit, not some other. No, it's you. The very core of your being, just like the tabernacle at the centre of the children of Israel in the camp, you are supposed to radiate the glory of God from the very core of your being. That's why Peter could walk down the street and his shadow heals the sick. He's radiating. But it, it has to radiate. Have you noticed that the goodness of God inside you has to get through your soul, out of your body, into the world around about? Right? Here's what the enemy wants. He wants your soul to be so fragmented and anxious and to have such a heavy conscience and to be so fearful and so offended that the radiant core within you cannot be seen through you. So you have all the potential of ruling in your home, all the potential of bringing God's goodness to your workplace, but our souls are so fragmented, it doesn't get out. Proverbs says, I think it's 13 or 14, in fact it might be Proverbs 13 verse 14, it's the spirit of a man that sustains him in sickness. Your spirit can sustain you if you know how to let the spirit in you free. 
if you know how to get your spirit radiating with the goodness and the glory of God. But here's what the enemy wants to do. He can't change the fact that you're born again and a new creature. But he can make your soul so fragmented, it smothers your spirit. You end up with what's called a heavy spirit. That's why you need a garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness. Right? It's like a dull duvet. Is your soul like a dull duvet? Down, depressed, fragmented, shame-filled, conscience, heavy. Or maybe, this is where I'm heading, maybe we get our souls to align with the Spirit of God within. And we get the train tracks of God's goodness flowing in our souls and suddenly something can flow from the very core of our being out through our souls because our souls are aligning it's the fruit of the spirit if you let the holy spirit work in you long enough there'll be train tracks of love and joy and peace and patience and long suffering begin to outwork through you but listen in order to rule in life you have to do the work of aligning your soul to the radiant spirit within you There's a radiant core. Amen? Uh, it's like there's a nuclear reactor within you. But if the enemy can vex your spirit or fragment your soul or damage your conscience, you cannot reign. But boy, oh boy, imagine if we were a people that allowed the Spirit of God, the glory, 2 Corinthians 3 and 4 talks about, the glory in this clay vessel, the glory to begin to shine out. Yabba dabba do. It would be awesome. What do you mean? You know, glory, light, shining. I mean, you get sick, but then you get healed. Your kids going away, but then you pray them back into alignment. See, see, devil doesn't mind you coming to church and singing the songs. He just doesn't want you to have authority. He wants you to be a down Christian who turns up every Sunday morning and says, "I'm fine," but doesn't go any deeper. But what you were bought at a price to be is someone who rules and reigns by the gift of righteousness, right? By the gift of the realignment of my soul back to my, my spirit. And suddenly there's, there's an alignment that comes into place between the goodness of God and my spirit. This is why so many of us feel something click on a Sunday morning, but by Sunday evening it's gone. You know, too much pizza and box sets on Netflix and suddenly the alignment's gone. But for a moment we feel what it is to sense the authority of God washing within us. Listen people, let's do the work of polishing our spirits so that they shine through our souls. Let's not allow the enemy to fragment our souls through hatred and offence and anxiety and fear and instead begin to align ourselves to the goodness of God. Now it's hard sometimes. Jesus was so impassioned that his soul and spirit would not end up fragmented and disjointed and disconnected. He took love to a degree that we struggle with. He got down on his knees and he washed the feet of those who betrayed him. Listen, it is hard to realign your spirit to the spirit of God. But listen, it's got to be done. Why? Because I refuse to let old Jared sit on the throne. I need a new creature, right? 
I, I, need, I need God to reign through me. And that's going to require some sacrifice, right? It's going to require some pain. But listen, there is a radiant spirit within everyone in this room. Every one of you are miracle workers. Every one of you were born to transform atmospheres in homes and workplaces and schools and here in this, this little place here in, in Woodmansey. They're born to do an incredible job. The question is, we get a choice. Live fragmented and powerless or begin the work of refurbishing our souls. I like it. Now, turn to the person next to you, have an honesty moment, say it's hard work sometimes. You know, I'll come on where it was, I was reading it yesterday, but in, but in the New Testament, do you know that the, the, the currently our bodies are referred to in the Bible like tents? They're kind of like, tents can be a bit dodgy, can't they? Is, it, is anybody not believing camping? It is of the devil. If you love camping, that's fine. You're crazy, but that's fine. Me, I need a five-star hotel and an all-inclusive restaurant. Hallelujah, right? There, there is a change coming to your flabby, flappy tent, okay? But it ain't quite there yet. Uh, currently, our bodies are referred to as tents. There will come a day when our bodies are referred to as buildings. It's a little bit like going from David's tent to Solomon's temple. There's going to be an improvement. But right now, guys, you need to stitch up the tent. You need to patch some stuff up. You need to do the best you can with this frail... Uh, sorry to keep changing the picture. But this jar of clay. Keep patching it up. Keep doing all that you can do to make yourself better. Never going to be 100% perfect. That's okay. He's not requiring that of you. He has given you righteousness. He's given you his wisdom. He's given you his grace. He's given you his love. He's called you holy, even when you're not. But what he is saying is, to begin to whip the thing into shape as much as you can to let the radiant glory of God that is in the jar of clay shine through. Why? Because it will transform the heavenlies in places. Transform the heavenlies over your home. Get rid of that depression. Get rid of that confusion. Get rid of that dullness. And begin to get some clarity what are you going to do limp your whole life because of what happened no radiate his glory how by, by, by nailing the soul sometimes to the cross and saying just behave yourself there Cooper thank you <laughs> radiate the glory of God you have a radiant spirit yes there's not a man or woman of God that has ever lived that has a more radiant spirit than you. The only difference is some align their souls to their content and others allow the enemy to fragment their souls and they become so broken you cannot see the light within. Tell the person next to you, I'm a fixer-upper. Come on. Come on, you'll get there. We read it earlier. Let me give you two ways to polish your soul and to realign your soul and your spirit. So the radiant spirit. And yeah, you know, if it cheers you up, when you're walking with a radiant spirit, you feel might be the wrong word, but you sense faith within you. And you know, I'm right with God. Oh, isn't that a lovely feeling? Yeah. Isn't it horrible when your conscience is heavy and damaged? Yeah. Yeah. And, and you can't seem to shift it? 
How about we shift it this morning? How about we get authority flowing that feels like I'm loved, I'm confident, I'm forgiven, He's with me. Amen? Amen. Uh, is it hot in here? Yes. Can you switch off the, the blower for us? Thank you. I thought it was just me because I know I'm hot stuff. <laughs> That's just my spirit and my soul aligning. Don't worry about it. Isaiah 61, we've read it already. Let, let, let's just, uh, we don't need to go there. We've read it once already. A garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness. Amen? Amen. Sometimes there are, there's a, I say sometimes an almost demonic, sometimes a literally demonic heaviness that can come into your life and into your home. And we need to actively praise. I remember uh, going through a difficult period and, and, and I, I, um, there, there was a heaviness, a demonic heaviness. And I walked into Kingswood House and G Choir were rehearsing in the room next door and I went to do some work in the, in the little office there. And as G Choir sang their praises to God, I was healed. There's something about the atmosphere of praise that transforms you. We're not just singing a song to cheer ourselves up. We're declaring something into the heavenlies. God inhabits the praises of His people, Psalm 22, right? Uh, Psalm 149, with the high praises of God in our mouths and a two-edged sword in our hand. Uh, it's how we bind and inflict vengeance on on, on kings, in other words, rulers, things that are trying to rule in your home, get pushed back by praise. Put praise on and it begins to change the atmosphere. It begins to align your soul and your spirit. Amen? Something happens when you do. Um, in this time, uh, again, with these uh, apostle, apostles and prophets um, from, well, from, from the US and the UK that I was with this week, there is a tremendous sense in the body of Christ around the world. There is an incredible war going on right now spiritually. Right. And so it is a time to keep short accounts and to get ourselves walking in strength. Amen? Amen. Amen. Otherwise you're going to get blatted by everything that's going on. Um, and here's, here's one of the keys. One of the keys is praise. It's a very similar one, but work with me. Focus. Focus matters. Remember the story of Mary and Martha and Martha was all distracted by the preparations and who knows that preparations have to be made right? You know I, I got in here at 8 o'clock this morning got all the heating on so that we could feel overheated by half 11 or whatever it is right? And I thought it might be a bit cold so I you know I, I, I roll in here then, then, then go back home because I only live a mile up the road which is useful and um, you know practical stuff has to be done right? We, we appreciate all, all those that put out the the practical stuff at the back so we can have a coffee. Who knows? Practical stuff has to be done. Here's the key. Because Jesus wasn't saying, don't ever do something practical. In the Mary Martha story, it wasn't Mary's chosen to sit at Jesus' feet, Martha's chosen the bad thing of, too, of being too busy preparing, and, and that's how she is uh, uh, living and, and making mistakes. Um, what he's saying really is, Choose your moments in God. Make sure you have them. Because if you are doing so much practical that you don't get moments with God, then the practical is taking over from where your heart needs to be. 
your heart needs undiluted focused time with God. Amen? Undiluted focused time with God. And, and very, very similar, meditation. To meditate on the Word of God in this season is so powerful. It's how you partake of Jesus. You meditate the Word. Uh, the Jewish word for, for, for meditation has this sense of like a, a cow chewing the cud, right? You know? And cows have four stomachs. And I'm told, I don't know if it's true, any farmers, they can help us out. But what, what happens is they, they, they chew the cud, then it goes down into one stomach, but then it comes back up. That's gross. I've not heard of that. I heard it this week. Uh, and then, then, then it gets chewed again, then it goes down into another stomach. Is this right? Sounds wrong to me. But anyway, we, we know they too. The main thing is, they just keep digesting and re-digesting and re-digesting and re-digesting. Guys, I, I'm, I'm telling you to fall in love with the word, not to make you a little bit more cheerful, but because we need radiant spirits to survive in this season. When the enemy is trying to confound and mess up and fragment people with offence, uh, the Bible talks about a great falling away. Look at the state of the church globally right now. Entire denominations are falling away from the truth of God's word. Entire denominations. You watch what happens when you step away from the word of God. The denomination always shrinks. It, they're always powerlessness. Listen, it is a time to be meditating on the word of God more than ever. Because if your worldview isn't God's worldview, you're in trouble. I don't mind I don't mind how compassionate you think you are, how much you think Jesus was just a nice guy who wandered around saying love your enemies. There is tough stuff in the Bible and we need to align our spirits with it. Why? Because when our spirits and our souls line up, something beautiful happens. Amen. Amen. It's where authority is found. Submission. It means I am under. There is no authority without submission. So I'm going to ask you, what are you under? Depression. The moral compass of society around about us. Whatever you get under is what's going to have authority in your life. I don't know about you. I want the kingdom of God to have authority in my life. Amen. Oh boy, God give us authority. Amen. So meditate. And then the final one will will will. What time is it? What time is it? Someone. Oh, it's only an hour to go. It's all right. Right. <laughs> Let, let's see if I can do this. Um, Ephesians 6, you're supposed to have a shield of faith. Right? With which you can extinguish how many darts of the evil one? How many? Three or four of them? Or you have a shield of faith that can extinguish all the fiery darts of the evil one. Listen. The enemy wants to fragment and vex and put fear and doubt into your soul and shame and guilt. Why? Because if he can remove your shield, he can get to you. Your what you believe is a shield around about you. The amount of sicknesses that have not touched your life because you believe he's your protector and your healer. If you live in Psalm 91, you won't know till you get to heaven the amount of things that never got near you because of how you think. Because the name of the Lord is a strong tower. So I got right in there. The righteous run into it and it's safe. So, so what did I? I built a shield of faith. How do I do that? Faith comes from hearing the word. Yes, that's true. Literally in continuous tense. Hearing and hearing and hearing. Chewing over the cud like a cow. Hearing and hearing. Why do I need to do it? Because 
let's, let's be blunt. And it's not true of everything. There's a whole complex uh, range of reasons that people get sick. And you should never feel guilty. You just need to fight, right? Um, uh, but listen, there is going to be... We can't say sera, sera. It's just terrible theology. There are things that are going to happen and things that are not going to happen to you based on your faith. No, but it's God's responsibility. No, he's made you a ruler with a radiant spirit and he's not put any more authority in someone else. Maybe for a specific purpose, but he's put all of his authority in you. And now the word in you can align your spirit and your soul and make you rule and reign in life. Right? But it requires us. So the enemy comes along and he begins to chip away at the shield of faith. How does he do it? Well, disappointment's a good one, anybody? And we begin to believe the evidence of our eyes over the evidence of God's word. And we begin to say, our experience was God's will, not his word. Now, I don't know about you. (laughs) 53 years of experience, it's like the older I get, the dumber I am. eh? You don't stop laughing, Lucy. The older I get, the more I realize all that matters is his word. Why? 53 years. In the beginning was the word. And the word... Now it's not, not literally this Bible, but this Bible is an expression of that word. This is how God thinks. When you say word, it's literally meaning reasoning and way of thinking. It's like God's dreams and ways and are all wrapped up in this book and in the person of Jesus. Right? And it existed before the world began. And here we are a few years into deciding whether... Oh, What's a man and what's a woman? And we've got politicians. Oh, I can't quite explain it. <laughs> You're going to mess up lives. Mess up kids' lives. Mess up adults' lives. Depression. Suicide. Fragmentation. Unloved kids. Messed up lives, full prisons, all coming from this fact that we think, I think I'll rewrite a new word for my day. It won't work like that. You can't rewrite something for society, you can't rewrite something for your soul. It's all here. There's a heavenly realm, and you were born to shine in it with authority, to rule and to reign. Just like Jesus, it says here that you're supposed to be able to speak words and things change. You pray over things and they adjust. You take authority, you bind things, you stop them from happening, and you loose things. You release good things to happen. You change destiny. You change your family line. You change your mental health. You do it. Yes, you use all the practical things of the world to help you. I'm not against medicine, not one bit. Do you think when I've got a headache, I don't go, in Jesus' name, heal me. While I'm popping two paracetamol, I've got no problem. Everything that can help me get through life is good, right? But listen, you can't just sing conqueror on a Sunday and not pray the headache away on a Monday. You can't make paracetamol your God. We need to rule and reign. Yes. You have a radiant spirit. Yes. Praise 
shines up your soul to let it through. Meditation shines up your soul to let it through. Meditating on His Word. Right? Focus gets a hold of those rogue thoughts that are trying to fragment your soul and pulls them back into alignment. I refuse to allow hatred to take over my soul. I refuse to allow anything other than being a servant leader take over my soul. I refuse to let anything distract me from my destiny. I will take those thoughts and I will nail them to the cross and say, stick there. Just stay there because you won't bring me life. But the Spirit brings life. Something can happen. And so listen, when we gaze into his, into his glory, 2 Corinthians 3 verse 17 and 18, it's like ever-increasing glory begins to flow through our lives as we hold his gaze. As we are. Now it says glory as looking in a mirror. Sometimes you've got to look in the mirror and go, right, I just need to adjust that. Just need to change this. Just need to adjust stuff right if you do radiant glory could be ours amen, amen. and then, then yeah that, that last one your shield of faith what you believe is protecting you or not take up something we have to do Every day, I choose to live by faith today. When your feelings are screaming at you other things, you go, no, I'm a person of faith. And so I'm going to meditate on the Word. I'm going to get my focus on God. I'm going to use praise and worship to help me hold that. Why? Because entire regions and territorial spirits are dependent. Their defeat is dependent on my radiant spirit. So what we're going to do, we should sing Shine Jesus Shine, shouldn't we? I don't know how to play it. (laughs) Hello, Radiant Ones. Go shine this week, amen, Amen. with the goodness of God. Come on, let's stand together for a moment. I've sweated up here. Thank you, Mother. I appreciate it.